Welcome to We Got Goals, a podcast by asweatlife.com on which we talk to high achievers about their goals. I'm Gina Anderson Cohen, and this week on the podcast, I spoke with the creator of The Melt Method, Sue Hitzman. Sue is incredibly knowledgeable about the human body and most specifically about fascia, the connective tissue that really sits between all of your organs and tissue and muscles. Um, She talks in depth about what fascia is and does and how our views on it have changed over time. But what I was most struck by uh, when it came to Sue was how it felt like all of her experiences lined up to put her where she is today, uh, from accidentally teaching uh, a jazzercise class when she was 16 uh, and falling in love with fitness to using that knowledge one day to translate um, that hands-on therapy that she was doing in her private training studio to what we know as the MELT method today, which is primarily taught as a group fitness format. Uh, you'll hear her speak about her intuition and how she leans into her gut and trusts it along the way. But I, I also think uh, a major key to Sue's success is her knowledge, her confidence, and her refusal to quit, all of which will come through on this podcast. Um, she was one of the first people um, to start knocking on the doors of fascia and talking about its importance at least to help popularize it anyway. Uh, and you can find her books and her method uh, across the world today. I hope you enjoy this interview with Sue Hitzman and me. Yeah, I said I'll be on the road. I'll be back. I'm just reaching for a goal. So don't be upset when I'm not a- This is Gina Anderson-Cohen, and I am here on an episode of We Got Goals with Sue Hitzman, who is the creator of The Melt Method. Sue, thank you for joining me. Thank you. Uh, Sue, as I was looking through your, your sort of history and all the things you've accomplished um, in your career, I was getting really excited to talk to you on this podcast. But before I get ahead of myself on that, um, talk to me about what the MELT method is. The MELT method is a simple self-care technique to help people (laughs) eliminate, get out, and avoid chronic pain symptoms uh, through understanding what causes pain to become chronic and addressing some of the missing links uh, to to pain, um, being connective tissue, understanding the relevance of the supportive qualities of fascia and how diet and exercise don't address those. Um, and then also how our nervous system is designed to compensate when we do have connective tissue issues, when connective tissue isn't functioning efficiently, our nervous system pays a price. We tend to compensate to move. We don't know what's happening. And it is one of the things that ultimately leads to everything from repetitive stress injuries, chronic problems, exhaustion, fatigue, sleep problems, et cetera. So MELT is, is really an interruption in our daily lives to tune in, check in, and improve the supportive qualities, go in there and actively participate in improving the supportive qualities of fascia so that we lead a more active, healthy, pain-free life. So this is meant to, to supplement and to help people stay healthy so they can move forever, right? Indeed. It, it doesn't replace anything. Yep. It's different than everything else you do, for sure. And so when you were studying it at NYU, was this, was this where you thought your career would go? Nope. <laughs> what, do you, what did you think you'd be? 
Well, uh, I actually got into NYU film school and I wanted to be a filmmaker and everybody and their mother deterred me away from <laughs> wanting to be an editor and filmmaker because they said women aren't never hired in film. And so you'll just be a poor, starving artist like everybody else. And I thought, well, I unfortunately grew up in a family where my my dad was like, you better learn how to make your own money and care for yourself because you're going to be left alone and on the street if you don't do it. And I'm like, ah, so, uh, so I would say that, no, I didn't go to NYU for that, but I, I always had a love of the human body and movement and anatomy and physiology. And so I started taking uh, science courses and the Dean of the science department pulled me aside and was like, why are you taking film courses and science courses? Exactly. Like what, these things don't match, like which one is not alike and why are you doing it? And I kind of explained, you know, like science is kind of my hobby. I love fitness. I, I teach aerobics. And so understanding more about the human body and how it functions, it just seems like a great thing. He goes, you know, you have quite a talent in science. I, I think you've got your hobby and your career path backwards. Maybe you should make science your career path because a female in science actually is much more notable and you probably have a lot more doors open for a career path than you do in film. And so I matriculated out of the film department and into the science department. And then I went pre-med and thought, maybe I'll become an orthopedic surgeon, did one round with doctors and thought, nope, that's not what I would do. <laughs> you know, this seems crazy. And physical therapy didn't quite resonate with me because it seemed very myopic in the treatments. And uh, I was sort of in the middle of a master's struggling to decide what is it that this degree is going to give me. And um, I had been with Jim and Phil Wharton uh, in AI Stretch, and they turned me on to learning about neuromuscular therapy and Leon Chetow's work. And that veered me right down a rabbit hole that I never came back from. And neuromuscular therapy and osteopathy seemed so much bigger and there was so much more to learn that I feel like I've created a lifetime career in learning about the nuances of the body and the subtle body and something beyond muscles and bones and to understand the continuum of our form and our function and our movement and uh, how the brain works and what connective tissue is and how everything connects. So um so, so the answer in a long-winded way is to simply say, nope, I didn't go to school and come out with a, with a career path that, that was what I thought it was going to be now. What, what it, it sounds like through all of that, just hearing you talk through the process, it, it sounds like you found your calling along the way. What did, it, did you know at that moment uh, or at any specific moment that MELT method would be your calling? No. And I mean, Melt actually just spawned out of my private practice. I, when I met Leon, he talked about frequency and vibration and movement and these subtle sensations. Like, could you palpate? Could you, you know, don't, don't just think about stretching somebody or manipulating somebody. Could you palpate and sense if tissue is not responding to touch? You know, like, are you sensing what you think you should? And then don't, judge, don't assume, don't project, and just feel and follow the tissue and see what happens. And I I found that it came very easily to me, sensing and feeling, because I had that when I was a kid and I thought all oh, people could do it. My dad, again, just used to always tell me I was strange and to stop telling people that, <laughs> you know, you, you see or feel things. And so um, I think what hands-on therapy did was it gave me a vehicle 
to fine tune a gift uh, that I've had since I'm a kid and the education and the teachers, I've just been so privileged to um, be in the presence of people who are, you know, have dedicated their lives uh, to the bettering of the human body and to understanding and learning how to define and measure uh, movement and, uh, and, and tissue changes and things like that. And so it's, uh, I feel like it, it, it just kind of came out of default. I mean, melt actually spawned out of my practice. Literally one day, a client said to me, if you could just invent a way for me to do to myself, what you do with your magic hands, I think I could stay out of your office because I said, you know, it's something in your environment. You should be able to manage this. And she was like, I, you know, she, I don't know the body like you do. Can't you just figure out a way to, for me to do it myself? And it really, I mean, I really thought about that for, a couple of years, right? I, I started playing around with balls and rocks and rollers. And I came up with this idea of taking PVC piping. I wrapped it in bubble wrap. Then I wrapped it in a yoga blanket and a yoga mat and I duct taped it together. So it had a little bit of tack, like when you go skin to skin, but it also had a little bit of uh, compression. You know, it would, it would deform a little bit when you pressed on it, just like an arm would, if you put an arm to somebody's leg or you put your hand on somebody that both sides deform a little bit to, to induce a shear exchange to create mechanical force and to create cellular exchange. And, um, it worked. And so I shared that with this client and she was able to go from, you know, not having migraines for three days to not having migraines for 10 days. And then it was a month and I knew I had something. And so I just, it kind of just spawned out of that of, gee, I wonder if I could help people with low back pain. I wonder if I could help people with this. I wonder if I could help people with that. And, uh, four years after its inception, I coined the term melt and I, I started writing down the techniques and the how to's and taking pictures and trying to explain it to people without touching them. And it just kind of evolved into a methodology. And now Melt is uh, 22, 22 years old. I mean, it's, it's, an old, it's, an, it's an old gal now. You know, I started this really in 2000, uh, for 2000. And then by 2004, I, I knew I had had something. In 2006, we started really developing it. So, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, long, it's a long time of my life. It's almost half my life I've been working on this, this methodology, I guess. Wow. Um, so it, so it came out of a need, it came out of a passion. Um, and now today you're taking what you were doing with your own arms and hands in your office and you're teaching other people to do it for themselves. You're leading teacher trainings for the melt method across the country, as well as, um, writing and selling books. Um, crazy. That's that's a pretty fun journey. I feel like we we should get into the big questions before I <laughs> start guessing your goals here. Uh, so, can you tell me along the way to starting the Melt Method, what was a big goal that you set and accomplished? Well, I think you know when it first started, it was it was I was working one on one, and then I popped into my head. I said, "Gosh, you know, I've been in the fitness industry since I'm 16, teaching in group exercise. So I was like, I wonder if I could explain this to people in a group and save people time from coming to my office. I wonder if I could stave off chronic issues if I educated them on 
what prepaying signals were, identify them, get rid of them, walk out of the room without them, and then come back and feel better. And that was the first piece of it. That was like a first goal that I had. And then I started doing that and the classes were just packed and it in fact didn't make me um, any less busy. Instead, after two years of teaching these classes, instructors came up and said, hey, I want to teach this class. This is a your class is packed. What it like? How do I get trained in this? <laughs> and I thought, oh, I well, I guess I'd have to create a training manual for this. And let me see if I can do that. And so then that was a goal to develop a training manual. And I started developing that. And then I started doing trainings. And then the trainings were packed. And uh, by 2010, now I was like, you know almost 10 years really into the onset of real development, I thought, geez, I'm going to write a book for the general public. And so I wrote a proposal and I got, I shot my book around and uh, Harper said yes to the book. In 2013, the book came out and crazy enough, that book got on the New York Times bestsellers list. Uh, and so far we've sold over a quarter of a million copies worldwide. We've got 2000 instructors in 28 countries, the books in nine languages. My second book came out just a month ago. Uh, and so, you know, I think what is the goal was to help people worldwide with a simple self-care technique that anyone at any age could engage in and learn to sense and feel change uh, take charge of their aging process and not give in to this idea that aging has to be a painful breakdown, a demise, a loss of your uh, resilience, and that you could perpetuate resilience and lead a much more active, healthy, pain-free life for many more years and actually improve your health care um, rather than your lifespan, your health span. You're going you're gonna to keep the resilience of your health span longer because I can't guarantee anybody's going to live longer doing melt. I mean, you would have to go your whole life not melting, die <laughs> get reincarnated and then spend the rest of your life melting again and see if you live longer, right? So I can't do that, but I can definitely say that the quality of your life can be improved through self-care. And 80% of the process was simplifying this into a language that people could really understand uh, because it's technical. You know, you're talking about neurofascial science and research watered down into a way that people could understand. They could get through analogies, through metaphors, through uh, consistent words, a language. And that was part of the process um, that was a goal for me was to take a decade of education and then try to simplify my science brain down enough to. Um, speak to my mom and get her to understand what stuck stress feels like and not talk about, you know, fibroblasts and glycoaminoglycans and things like that. You know? So that, that was a big goal. And, and um, it takes a lot of passion and persistence and um, desire. It really is goal oriented when you want to do something like that. And you really have to stick with it because there's roadblocks all over the place, stopping you from reaching the people that you want every day because the internet is like a beast. Uh, and so it's, I think probably like a lot of, um, innovators is that you have to now be a, you know, you can't be a self-care company. You got to be a technology company and a marketing company and a PR company. And I'm like, Oh yeah, yeah. You know, like, 
is this really what it takes to get a message out to people? But in fact, it does. And so I think that's why a lot of people aren't entrepreneurs and aren't innovators is that it's hard. It's a lot of hard work. And it really takes a lot of focus and dedication to which I feel like I have an endless reservoir for because I've got a lot of amazing people around me supporting um, that, that piece of me. That's incredible. It's, it sounds like there were a few kind of pieces um, to the, the setting and, and then subsequent accomplishment of this goal. Um, how did you find yourself in the fitness industry at the age of 16? Uh, what, what sort of pulled you into the doors of a gym? Oh, well, I mean, I, when I was uh, a young kid, I, again, I always had this weird knack of feeling low frequency vibration on things. And my great grandmother, I was lucky enough to have this woman who was super spry, very intuitive and herself had a real intuitive nature to her. Um, and she said to me, you know, see what you think is a curse is going to become your greatest blessing. And so I always looked up to her and she was so wise and uh, so sharp. And then one year I came back to see her and she was sitting in a wheelchair in a old folks home hmm. and she didn't know who I was. And I, I think that shell shocked me. Uh, you know, I wasn't even a teenager by the time that happened. And I said to my aunt, what happened to great grandma? And she said, she just got old. And I said, well, uh, are you going to get old? She said, yeah. I said, am I going to get old? She goes, yeah. I go, well, how do you stop that from happening? And that was really what got me into fitness was what epitomized longevity and fitness and wellness were people like Jack LaLanne and Jane Fonda and the 20 minute workout. Cause you know, I grew up in the seventies and eighties boom of fitness. And that to me was what I was like, Oh, well, this is what longevity is, 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 is exercising and eating a good diet. And so I learned about, you know, what a calorie was and what proteins were when I was young. And so by the time I got to have a job, the fitness industry seemed like the one. So I got Jazzercise certified and then I got ACE certified and I think there was AFA and, um, I got certified in being able to be a personal trainer and teach aerobic classes. And that was my way of teaching and, you know, like kind of staying in the fitness industry, I guess. But the, actually the reason that I ever taught was because the, the um, aerobic instructor didn't show up. And that was when we used to have cassette tapes and they leave the cassette tapes there. And I said, you know, I've taken her class so many times I could probably teach it. And the, the ladies let me teach the class in this big gym. And at the end of class, people came up, they were like, you're so good at this. You should do this. Like you should teach the class. You should do it. And I was like, oh, and then that was it. I got, that's, I did, I got certified and I got a job and the lady hired me on the spot before I even had the certification. Cause she knew I was going through it. I think she helped me get one of the certifications. So, you know, back then I think the world was easier, it was, you know, it was so much easier. There was no internet, there was no uh, computers, you know, and everything was done in a live environment. And so I feel like I really, I think I've just been very blessed to get taken under the wing of kind people who saw a talent in me and who saw something special and supported that specialness. So I think that's just a, a luck of the draws. I always feel very lucky to, to, 
I don't know, live the life I'm living. It's a blessed life for sure. Well, and it also sounds like as you're speaking, I've, I've heard you allude to it uh, a few times, but it also sounds like you're very in tune um, and you have have sort of exercised your intuition throughout your life. So listening to whatever you want to call it, divine intervention, where the universe nudges you um, and the people around you, uh, would you say that that's accurate? Yes, absolutely. And I think anytime I've gone against my intuition is when eminent failure strikes, <laughs> yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah. Is, can you think of an example of that? Oh, well, I mean, so many things. Uh, I mean, in business, you know, being told I've got your back and don't worry, we're, we're going to do this for you. And, uh, you know, go ahead and just, you know, you go over there and do your thing and we'll do this. And, watching money get siphoned out of a company and having fraud happen and uh, losing time and spending too much money on things and things like that. Uh, relationships, mm -hmm. certainly, you know, like seeing somebody more as a project than a partner mm -hmm. and um, finding myself uh, trying to always fix things because that's what I'm good at. I'm so good at, at taking care of things and fixing things that, um, I think that's probably a, a thing against my intuition is to not always feel like I have to fix something, but to just be present. And I think that's always an exercise for me. It's, it's taken me a long time to get there for mm -hmm. sure. Um, so to jump back into goals, I'm sure your intuition will come up again, uh, because it sounds like it's a, it's a very present part of you, but to come back to, um, spreading the message of, of the melt method, uh, were you ever afraid, um, to sort of share it via trainings or was it always very clear to you, um, that helping others teach the melt method was the right next step? I think it was the, I always think I, I, I knew what I was doing was going to help people because I had spent so much time incubating it in a one-on-one -on -one environment. And I, I mean, I saw a transformation. I saw miracles. I saw, you know, people who had been suffering with, you know, fibromyalgia and chronic fatigue call me and say, I feel like my body is coming back online. I almost feel like I've reset my body. And so, you know, that will, that's a confidence builder in and of itself. But I think, you know, the thing is when I started talking about fascia, fascia, fascia wasn't fashionable. <laughs> Nobody was really talking about it. And so when I got into trying to present fascia at, at the world Congress for idea, the, the international uh, fitness conferences and things, I don't think anybody really understood what the heck I was talking about. Nobody cared. You know, I even had some lady say, you can't exercise your fascia to me. And, and I was like, well, okay, I wasn't talking about exercising it, but okay. Um, so, you know, I think that it was more, I got, I, I, I think when I first started presenting it, I realized that my language was just not resonating uh, with people quite yet. And so uh, that was when I started teaching this more in group environments was to work on the refinement of the language so that I could speak to people and not at them, right? So sometimes you're talked at, but you're not really having a conversation. It's just a smart person showing you how smart they are, but it's like, well, how am I going to now incorporate this into my life? How is this helping me? And that, that definitely was 
frustrating, uh, you know, because you, I so desperately wanted to get this message out to the fitness industry where I thought it belonged, but it took me a lot of years to refine my language so that I can do that. So. And now today, um, you have thousands of people out using your language. Um, so you, you mm. nailed it. <laughs> yeah. What, what is, can you give an example of, of how you communicate um, fascia today in a way that resonates better? Well, today I just say that connective tissue is a three-dimensional support system under your skin. It's like flexible scaffolding and we take it for granted. Like you can pull your skin and then let it go and it goes back to its ideal shape. What is it that allows that to happen is fascia and fascia is a fluid system. It's kind of acts sort of like a sponge and daily living kind of stiffens the sponge. Like if you've ever sat for long periods of time and you get up and you feel like your joints don't work as well as they did when you sat down, you, your body kind of feels stiff upon rising. You felt cellular dehydration in tissue. And if you don't ever do anything about it, if you know you just get up and you move around and it goes away, so you just figure it's a normal thing to feel that, what people don't realize is connective tissue is kind of like a fluid river and daily living is putting sediment down in that river's flow. And just like sediment in a river, it accumulates. And if you let it accumulate, it's going to cause a lot of more problems that are a lot more noticeable, like your joints always feel stiff or you find you're straining muscles or your back always hurts you. And, you know, if you do what most people do and you just start popping pills, now you're going to go down the rabbit hole of messing up your nervous system. And really, when it comes to pain, your nervous system is what's producing your sense of pain. Your brain produces it. So if you cause a, a change in your body-mind communication messaging, you, you're probably going to increase your chances of having compensation, which is going to further your chances of having repetitive stress injuries. So fascia is really a, a renewable resource in your body that you can access, you can improve its supportive qualities, and you can sustain its supportive qualities through daily self-care. And that's what the MELT method is all about, is improving fascial fluid flow uh, and getting the fluids from fascia to move to your lymph system so that your body can junk dump all the toxins and waste out of your body from day to day. Um, and so that you live a very resilient, happy, emotionally happy life because your nervous system is functioning well. And really when your nervous system is functioning well and your fascia is supporting you, you feel good. And if you feel good, you're probably going to look good and you're going to be happy. And Life is easier when your body doesn't hurt. It's exhausting to walk around with your body in pain. So that's kind of how I explain the whole net of why melt and why should we care about fascia. Mm -hmm. And Diet and exercise don't treat it, right? Diet and exercise are for muscles and to make you look thin and things like that. But feeling good is a whole other thing. Yeah. And if you feel good, your life is just so much easier. And and for, li so much yeah, easier. And for listeners at home who just heard Sue's explanation of the MELT method and are now hungry to try um, the MELT method, you can try it on demand. Um, go to meltmethod.com. You can get a seven-day free trial, or you can look up where MELT method is near you. Uh, Yes. <laughs> Let's jump in to your goals for the future because now I am hungry to know uh, what is a big goal you've set um, for yourself, for the melt method moving forward? Why is it important to you and how are you going to get there? 
Well, I think, you know, reaching more people and getting to um, have the opportunities of doing international education training, uh, which I've just embarked on in this past year was to do it in England. And next year, we're looking to go to Australia and Japan and South Korea. Uh, So really going out there where the where the book has been translated and see if um, I translate (laughs) into other countries. That's a big goal for me uh, personally is to actually be able to meet people worldwide and see what their you know, to have conversations with them about what they perceive as pain and what they call it and how they deal with it and what their lifestyles are like, as opposed to just the, you know, the U S lifestyle. What is it? You know, and of course I live in New York city, so I'm even in a big urban culture, right? So, um, you know, that's, that's a big goal for me. And then on a business side goal is to reshape our training paths so that more of our instructors can become instructor trainers for Melt so that they can teach other teachers in their community so that they can build their community of educators as well as clients um, to spread the word that, you know, self-care is something that can be a practice. It's a discipline. uh, And it's always great when you have a community around you supporting your longevity and the the, the preservation of your, um, your, your healthy living. I think it's important when you've got a community around you supporting your healthy lifestyle. And, uh, you know, that's really a big, big piece of our brand in general. So you're scaling you. <laughs> uh, that's so exciting to hear. And I know it also provides uh, more career paths, I'm sure, for folks who have started to go out and, and train um, the MELT method. Uh, are you are you hearing anyone sort of raising their hand already and asking you when they can start training? Oh my gosh, yes. I mean, we already have master trainers already who are teaching the trainings, um, but only five of them. So we're you know always looking to expand that now and to do it in a way that upholds the integrity of the brand because I don't know if you've heard, but the brand new thing in fitness is recovery. (laughs) And that just kills me because I always think, see, my, my, my whole methodology is prepare, perform, restore, and repeat. Because if you prepare your body appropriately and you restore your body from day to day, you actually don't need to recover from anything. And you spend a whole lot, lot, lot less time, uh, recovering and, and really doing something where you have to repair your body. Right. So if we're recovering and repairing a lot, I think it's because we're not preparing and restoring our body efficiently. So I think that's a, a piece for me as I'm always a little ahead of the curve of the words people use and the terms I'm like, recovery, been there, done that, you know, like we need to prepare and restore not recover. You guys are using the wrong word. It's the same thing as everybody was talking about self-myofascial release. And I'm like, I got news. Fascia doesn't release. It rehydrates, but it's not really releasing. What are you talking about? Right. What's, what's what was, are you talking about muscles that were in active contracture that are now relaxing? Uh, 
still, what are the words we're choosing? So I think, um, you know, the whole net of reaching more people and getting this message out that recovery-based programs um, are now a new thing. And I'm saying, well, actually, MELT is like the leading recovery-based program um, that's been around for quite a long time. And uh, I think now everybody wants their own program. It's just like yoga was one thing and now it's 75 different types of yoga and you don't really know what yoga is. It's just that it requires you doing an up dog, a down dog and um, some sort of a warrior pose. And, and if you do those three things, you have a yoga class now. So, you know, I think it's Melt is an intelligent system. It's not a fly by night program. It's not uh, it's not frivolous. You're not ironing yourself with a roller. There's a system to it. It's a methodology uh, and it's an intelligent path. And so I'm constantly on the goal of educating people that, uh, you can iron yourself like a shirt all you want, but if you really want to make a change in your body and be preventative, you know, you want to be proactive and not reactive to pain. You want to uh, do things before you have a problem, then you should probably be engaging in programs that are hyper-focused on that objective. And that really is what melts about more than anything, right? Really about awareness and education. What was fun about hearing you talk through that is I could hear the air quotes in your voice around recovery. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I'm interested sort of as you've built this business that's been around for half your life. Uh, what, what sort of trends in the industry have you seen come and go besides this new air quotes recovery? Oh, I just think that there's a pile of hybrid programs, mm -hmm. you know, Pilates now, you know, there's so many hybrids of Pilates and things are kind of Pilates, but not, and, you know, plyo boxing. And now there's, you know, in a long time ago, there was, you know, yoga Lotties and things like that. And so I think there's a lot of hybrid programs because again all clubs want to have their unique niche their their names for their classes their you know chic things but a lot of it's just i think a lot of regurgitated stuff uh that people are using new words for like myofascia nobody used the word myofascia up until fascia became fashionable and now everybody's a myofascial expert in fitness every course and program dumps the word myofascia down, but it's still, most of the stuff they're teaching you is still traditional bodybuilding muscle concepts that are not necessarily uh, fascial related or really talking about fascia specific. They're talking about muscles and the components of fascia that relate to muscle, but there's fascia is a three-dimensional system. It's what keeps your skin lifted too. It keeps, keeps cellulite off your body. It's what keeps your organs tucked back into your body and supports your, your, your gut. It's, it, uh, it, it supports every nerve and blood vessel and cell in your body. So, um, yeah, I think that there's just, I think that the trends in fitness are moving in the right direction, but in the meantime, what I think has happened, at least in the two in the early two thousands, I'd say from two thousand to two thousand and ten, is a lot of mishmashing hybridization, if you will, of different programs kind of glommed together now to again satisfy 
the boutique fitness industries that are reemerging uh, in, in local communities, the CrossFit gyms, the black box gyms and things like that. I think that there's all sorts of hybrid that's needed. So I think that recovery is now more and more needed because what I think people are realizing is that they need to, you know, have stress relief. We, we need to alleviate stress, not cause more of it. And a lot of fitness programs actually are very demanding and, People get injured. I don't know if people know this, but 80% of orthopedic injuries are actually exercise-induced. And what, what people should hear is that means the very people trying to stay fit and healthy are injured more often than the people who aren't engaging in gym memberships and doing activities. So something's missing in fitness. And I would say it's melt, but mm -hmm. in general, it's self-care. But I'm going to say it's the melt method is, is missing in health clubs. That's what people need is to put... Uh, a, a, a very systematic, gentle approach uh, of self-care into fitness, I think would aid thousands of people in leading better lives. It, it's so interesting to hear you you talk about MELT and the MELT method and, and fascia um, because you blazed a path for many others who are now yeah. um, talking about self-care and using self-care in their classes oh, yeah. and gyms. And I know it is hard to be first yeah, because you often get chased. Um, do you, do you feel like your, your hunger for knowledge has kept you ahead of the curve? I'm always ahead of the curve. I'm so far ahead of the curve. I made the curve, right? I mean, I'm so far ahead of it. I can't, I, I'm like, I'm actually pushing it and making like everybody thinks the earth is flat and I'm the one bending the corners, right? So I, I a hundred percent hold ownership and understanding and confidence as a female business owner that I am, I, I am a, and this is important for me that as a as a female business owner that i have also developed a brand and a method out of sheer knowledge and love of sharing information and so as much as there are coattail riders and i've paved the path for a lot of other things that are out there and i see how quick they come up to my level and suddenly look and sound a lot like me and all sorts of stuff like that is, is really where marketing dollars come in. It's not about knowledge anymore. It comes down to who's, who's your marketing person. And those are things that are always going to be frustrating for first time out people because you're so doing it for the, for the right reasons from the onset. And like, I didn't do this to get famous. I didn't do it to, you know, put a stamp of something on me. I did this because I purely have a desire to help people lead an active lifestyle because it gives my life purpose. And this was what I was put on this planet to do. And I, I'll continue to do that coattail riders or not. And, uh, you know, I think that this is, this is part of innovation is always thinking ahead of where you can go and always knowing that, well, what will limit you is money and resources. But if you love what you do, you'll, you'll keep doing it anyway, even without those things. I love that confidence. I love that statement. I honestly can't think of a better way to end this interview. <laughs> Sue, is there, is there anything we didn't talk about that we need to make sure listeners know about you? 
Not about me. I mean, I'm on social media. You can find me on Facebook, follow me on Instagram, go to meltmethod.com, type into YouTube Melt Method. You'll find information there. We do have an app now. And again, we've got thousands of instructors that teach Melt worldwide. And for anybody listening who has a goal and an objective in their own business and their own life, I just say stick with it and don't let anybody talk you out of your passion and be persistent and get past no by not letting emotional charges get the better of you, um, that you're worth it and your ideas are worth it. And if you believe it, other people will come and follow you. You'll see just patience, persistence, passion. Those are things that will leave you trying to keep going. (laughs) You'll keep going. You'll keep trying. You'll keep working hard to achieve the outcomes that you want. Thank you so much for joining me. This has been an utter delight. Thank you. Girl, I said I'll be on the road. I'll be back. I'm just reaching for a goal. So don't be upset when I'm not around. Just know I'll be back, so no need to frown. This podcast is a SweatLife.com production, and it's another thing that's better with friends. So please, share it with yours. You can subscribe anywhere you get your podcasts, and if you have a chance to leave us a rating or a review while you're there, we would truly appreciate it. Special thanks to Jay Mano for our theme music. To our guest this week, Sue Hitzman. Thanks to Ryan Deffett for editing. And of course, an extra special thanks to you, our listeners.